When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to a midweek editions here. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. What's the latest on the Nebraska coaching staff? We'll let you know what we're hearing, numbers to dial up. Get involved if you like at 466 3776. 466 3776. 825. 5865 can email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com, and give uh, each of us a follow. If you like, at Schmidt underscore radio, Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. On the show, we'll spend time with Mike Babcock here in about 20 minutes, get his take on all the changes with Nebraska football, and uh, also uh, Mike Schuhart in Hour 1. Evan Bland of the World Herald stops by at 5, and then uh, some Husker basketball thoughts with uh, former Nebraska assistant and Hall of Fame coach Jeff Smith. So Coach Smith with us around 525. You want to watch the show interact on the stream yard, you're welcome to do that as well. And a couple of ways to check that out. If you're into Facebook, Facebook ESPN Lincoln. It's uh, live and in color uh, HD beauty for you there. Uh, The ESPN Lincoln Twitter uh, handle and then the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter handle. Follow that to get all your updates and info. Also for coffee and cream weekday morning 7 to 9 at HVarsity Radio is uh, where you follow the show on Twitter. So Brennan is already in. I see we made an offer to a transfer portal O-lineman out of Rhode Island. Uh, His name also has the word corn in it. Consider that a lock. (laughs) Gotta love you, Brennan, for, for being there. But still no news on Mickey Joseph. I've had three different folks I really trust kind of reach out to me with some uh, some inner workings, and, and here is what I know. Uh, I know you had the, the Rule and Mickey meeting. That was yesterday. That was an hour. There was not an offer extended, but there was not a, hey, uh, let me help you pack your office either. Okay, so uh, what, what you do have, though, is, is head coaching opportunities for Mickey Joseph. And to me, Mickey spent time in Oklahoma, I, I would be surprised if there wasn't a Zoom meeting for the head coaching job at Tulsa today with Mickey Joseph. So Mickey is weighing his options there. Matt Rule's moving forward, trying to fill out his staff. Jake Peets is the name we're hearing. I've got another buddy that's, and this isn't, uh, I'm the last guy that wants to jump on a table and tell you how great I am. That's not my personality, but I, I've got a friend who's, 
former teammate of Jake Peets that is somebody that uh, that I that I trust and it, it's real simple. Jake Peets is a guy that's been well traveled around football. Uh, so he's a guy that and there's differing reports that he's going to be on staff or his his inclusion to the staff is is dependent on if if Mickey uh, moves on or not. I, I think you, you got to make room for Mickey Joseph. And if you're going to take Jake Peets, that's super impressive. The pride of O'Neal uh, with quarterbacks and special teams. So you've got Satterfield, you've got Barthel, uh, you have Peets, and you still have two spots on the offensive side to to round out. Defensively, you still don't know who the defensive coordinator is. You know, Pot Roast is your interior defensive line coach. Evan Cooper is your secondary coach. And Ed Foley uh, is going to be your special teams coordinator. You know, the strength coach, uh, Omar Hales, is your personnel and scouting guy. So you have uh, four spots left right now. And one of those has got to be offensive line. Uh, also, you have one more spot from a, from a defensive hire, uh, which can be defensive ends, okay? Uh, are you able to go get Robinson from A&M? That's a name to look for. Uh, do you look at a guy like Barrett Rude uh, because of what he's been able to do? He's an in-state guy. His linebackers have, have played well. And Elijah, you need uh, an in-state slash 500-mile radius guy. Uh, and, and your coordinator can also coach linebackers. But to me, your defensive coordinator uh, may end up being the, the former Georgia Tech head coach that already rocked and rolled with Rule before. And uh, defensive hire, I mean, Robinson's a solid get if you can land him out of A&M. Uh, offensive line-wise, though, where do you go? Uh, do you go hire the best? I, I don't have names. You, you know, Riola's here. Is are you going to read into a, a tweet and an offer earlier today that that included uh, Donnie Riola on it? The question is, am I going to? Yes. Should I? No. It's it's a two part answer there. Where am I going to read into that? Yeah, it's a little bit weird. Whenever Nebraska's out uh, hitting recruiting, sending out offers, and oh, thanks at Coach Rule and at Coach Riola for this reoffer. You mm-hmm. go, that's interesting. Well, why would Coach Riola be in there if if he's on his way? Is that just because he's a previous contact of yours from the school and you you assumed he's sticking around? But you should know with the new coaching staff coming in that well. There's a good chance there's going to be high turnover. You, even high schoolers know that with with college staffs, and you probably shouldn't include the last guy that talked to you. But th- that's why I think, yeah, you probably should read into that as being a little bit suspect. But also, it's an 18 year old kid tweeting this thing out. He mm. could just very well be wrong in including an old an old coach in the in the tweet, whatever he probably shouldn't have. So, am I going to? Yes, I think there might be something there, something to follow. Maybe Raiola keeps his job and it sticks around. And after one year, I know Husker fans are, are pretty anti-Raiola based on what he's shown you in one They're year. They're anti-current O-line. Yes, anti-current O-line, but I'm not sure that you saw enough from Raiola through one year to be able to say this is the guy or this isn't the guy. It's it's the same thing we said about Mickey in terms of you got to evaluate the, the talent that's in the uh, in the team look and in the room. Look at the context, room. look at the situation. And, and was Raiola doing all he could? Now, I mean, 
sitting from my perspective, I thought the offensive line got better, at least in pass protection as the year went on. They, you saw improvement there. The running was still poor to, to very poor. but Bad. Yeah, you, you have to know what the, the strengths are within the room. And if that's just not a strength, I mean, are you going to be able to turn that around in one year? I don't know. I'm... I'm not going to go on a limb here and say I think Donovan Royal is coming back, but I think there is something to, to follow there and something to watch because that, that one individual tweet being a, just a little bit weird kind of set off an alarm bell within my head of maybe Royal is sticking around. Here's what I, I'm going to stay on the offensive line here for a moment. I mean, if I'm, if, if I'm hiring offensive line, I go ask John Garrison what he wants to get him out of North Carolina State. He's already coached here. By the way, he always killed it in uh, surrounding areas. He's a native Kansas City, and he was a good offensive lineman, obviously, at Nebraska, a really good assistant coach at Nebraska. He's been here. Uh, that's, that's just where my mind goes. Uh, Garrison's a hell of a good offensive line coach. He's produced uh, draft picks uh, since he's been at, at NC State. So you could do way worse. Do I know the full story on Raiola? I I don't because of the injury situation he was working with, and and with him and Whip, him and Whip, I mean, <laughs> that was square peg round hole, and and for for both guys, I mean, Whip's gonna want to throw the ball four thousand times and sprinkle in a little run, uh, Nebraska. Did they emphasize the run enough ever to be good at it? Uh, when you had to run it, you could run it? No. And Elijah, I mean, you had offensive linemen this summer uh, have to kind of recreate their body and and then bulk back up for the Big Ten, and it was a little bit problematic. And then you lose Nuri, and then you lose Teddy, and then you're asking Turner – to go back to left tackle that he hasn't worked at for a while since since last year, but he also spent time at right tackle. He's been hurt or there's been COVID, so he's not at he's not had a chance to settle in and just develop at one spot. And, and then you got Ben Hart that's you're still working with because physically he was the number one offensive player in Minnesota. Okay, so that's who you go recruit. That's who you go get. The guy has a bunch of starts under his belt, and you keep working with him to get him as good as he can be. I don't. You you moved on from from Hunter Anthony's trial, and you went back to Ben Hart. So could could new eyes and a new coach make this line better? Absolutely. But do you do you, do you like what you have in Raiola? And and I'd be surprised if Rule doesn't go somewhere else for the offensive line. I'd also be surprised, but. I don't know. It's it's definitely something to evaluate because you can sit back and go, well, Rule being an NFL guy, maybe he heard good things about Rylo through the pipeline. Maybe he's got good references, and Rule can sit back and go, well, you know what? If if the offensive line's the number one pretty, we can keep him around, and then I can I can go tag team the offensive line work with Rylo. And I know being the head coach, you have other responsibilities, so you're gonna need another primary guy. But I could totally see Rule saying, you know what? I like Raiola. I, 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 I think he's well-respected. I think he can do something with this. And then with my watchful eyes over this offensive line as well, maybe we don't need to go elsewhere. Maybe we can stick a, a, or keep a guy around in Raiola because he fits that bill of what he's been preaching and, and what he's been showing with his staff of Raiola being a young guy, a little bit inexperienced, has that hunger, wants to get this thing right. If Raiola fits the bill of what Raiola, or what Rule's been laying out for his assistant coaches, it makes a little bit of sense there. It makes a little bit of sense. I, I do think Ryla, um, among those assistant coaches, 
along with probably Root at linebackers, another guy who is currently a little bit up in the air. Those are the two names that I think fit the bill of being a young guy, a little bit inexperienced in terms of Power 5 position coaching. But if, if Rule sees the hunger in those guys, you can definitely see potential there and say, you know what, I think these guys are, are going to fit in like a glove with the rest of my staff. Well, the reality, too, is, is Rule has moved quickly. He has acted quickly, and he has a really good coaching tree that he really trusts. They're young. They're energetic. They're pretty dynamic. They're guys that uh, have been with him either at Temple or at Baylor and maybe a smattering in the NFL. Uh, so that's, that's the reality, and we'll see where the offensive line ends. Uh, you have Jamie chiming in. Tulsa looks to be going with their interim coach who's also an alum. I don't know who is Tulsa's interim. Forgive me, I'm supposed to, I don't. But uh, I know Mickey uh, had a Zoom or was supposed to have a Zoom for that head job today. So best of luck to Mick because I think he wants to be a a head coach. And your consolations may be coming back to Nebraska or finding a new staff. And and if the consolations getting back to Nebraska, it's coming back to Nebraska and most likely being paid pretty handsomely to do so. No, that sounds bad, but if you got a taste of being a head coach, and, and you did a good job with it, absolutely go go get paid, first of all. And I think the Tulsa number is $1.8 million. I mean, that's what you're going to get in Conference USA. You go, yeah, I was looking at Dion's salary as well, right, at Jackson State, and Dion's got a four-year deal worth three hundred grand a year. So how bad do you want to be a head coach? Bad enough to, to get your pay cut in half? Or, or worse, if you're maybe in line for a, uh, another big bump at, at Nebraska to come back. Uh, so you've got two offensive spots remaining. Offensive line's got to be one. A uh, little bit more here on Jake Peets. And we talked with, uh, with uh, Jay Moore last year, uh, and Peets was up for the job as OC, and getting that job was, was Mark Whipple. So just to, to lay out a little backdrop, on Jake Peets, he's a guy that that knows Nebraska, even though he's been away from Nebraska. And you, you had this same scenario with Scott Frost. When Scott Frost was hired, I'm not comparing the two, I'm just saying you cross paths with a lot of great people and you can soak it up. You can learn from some real greats in the game. And that's what Peets has done. He's currently with McVeigh as an analyst. Uh, he was in Kansas City last weekend when the, the Rams played the Chiefs. But not only McVeigh, but he's been the OC for Ed Orgeron. Mm-hmm. And he's had two stints. The second time, you're willingly going back to work as an analyst for Nick Saban. Why? Because you love football and you want to learn from the best. Working once for Nick Saban's enough for a lifetime for many. Saban's great. But he's as demanding as it gets. So Jake Pete screams mentally tough to me, whether he's working with quarterbacks or he's calling plays or he's working with wide receivers. He's pretty versatile. He's worked uh, in every spot on the offense except offensive line. And some of the, the, the bright minds think a lot of him. Clearly Saban did to bring him back. Uh, clearly Ed Orgeron, he left Carolina. That's where he, he crossed paths with Rule. Uh, as a quarterback's coach and then the running back's coach. So he worked with McCaffrey during McCaffrey's non-injured incredible season. 
and then you you go work for for Ed Orgeron, uh, and then you know how 2001 ended for LSU. So Pete's was kind of in the same situation a lot of the current Nebraska coaches or former Nebraska coaches were at I think you meant how year. 2021 ended, but I got your point. Yeah, and then yes. you followed up by going working with Sean McVay, one of the brightest young minds in yes. the NFL. Yeah, not only do you go get to go do that, but you're you're good enough to be hired even as an analyst for those guys. Mm-hmm. So, do we have time for the phones here, or should we? Hold yes, we do. Time? I've I've gone. Do we have time? Yeah, let's go. We got Chris on the line. Chris, thirty seconds. Fire away. He must have just got sick of of waiting. Chris, uh, sorry about that, again. Chris. My fault. My fault. No, but I just wanted to lay out Jake Pete's backstory and uh, his uh, his connection. Uh, a long snapper at Nebraska. 03 through 05. So we'll get to more calls. We'll get to some calls here this hour and next. We'll spend time with Mike Babcock. He's on the way. Hail Varsity continues, and we're presented by Currency. Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hail Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hail Varsity Radio Show podcast. off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by Currency. Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt. We welcome in Mr. Husker football, Mike Babcock, historian, author, Hall of Famer, exclusively with Hale Varsity at MD Babs. On Twitter is where you find him. Mike, are you in the running for the O-line coach? <laughs> I'm overwhelmed with all this information that's coming across <laughs> on Twitter and whatever. <laughs> Coaches and recruits, and uh, I guess the thing I like uh, about it is that they're being very aggressive in recruiting. You're seeing uh, quite a few uh, tweets about recruits. So um, he he said they were going to get started right away, and they uh, obviously they have. Mike, I want to ask you, you've seen the last 20 years you, you started – uh, when Nebraska was trying to, to wrestle away the Big Eight from Oklahoma. And how far down is Nebraska football? I ask that not to be negative or sour or sad for Nebraska fans, but just in your perspective of covering this team as long as you have, is this as low as it's been? Is this a, as big a turnaround as, as you've seen Nebraska need in your time? Yeah, um, you know, you you probably mentioned this, but the Nebraska's winning percentage over the last five seasons, in order to find a stretch that was that low, um, you have to go back to the late 50s and uh, Bill Jennings' five seasons as coach to find a percentage of wins and losses that is lower than what we've had these five seasons. So you're going back to... Bill Jennings five seasons, Bob Devaney came in. He turned it around in one season, um, nine and two that first season with a trip to the Gotham Bowl. Um, that's not going to happen. But I think that 
you know, Nebraska is in a division. Well, that's going to go away in the, in the, uh, two years. Season. Uh, yeah. Um, Nebraska is in a division where I think that you can be competitive quickly um, if you do the right things. If, if rule comes in and gets things going in the direction of, of the, uh, that he spoke about fairly passionately, I thought, um, at the news conference uh, slash pep rally. Um, I think that Nebraska has a chance to be competitive in the West Division. That's where you have to start, you know, step by step. That's the first step. Mike Babcock's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Mike, we, we don't know yet on, on Mickey's future or Rude's future or Riola. Those are three guys uh, interested to, to get your take here. Also on a name that, that is a Nebraska name, and that's Jake Peets. Did you have much coverage or recollect, re- recollection of Jake when he was here in Lincoln 03 through 05? I, I remember the name. Um, and I think he was from O'Neill. Yep. Am I right about mm-hmm. that? Um, you know, I think it's a testament to to what he did in terms of being a walk-on, really hardly played. Um, he was a long snapper and a backup cornerback, uh, like teams type guy. Um, but I think that that shows, that reflects, it's a good reflection on the program of, of what they did then, you know, regardless of, of uh, you know, what you think about the, uh, the coaching at that time. Um, I think it's, it's pretty cool, actually. I, I had to look up and see where he'd been the coach because I didn't even realize that he was involved in coaching. Um, but I think that that Nebraska background uh, is going to come into play, and obviously – He's a very he's somebody that really learned the game and understood it because he didn't get an opportunity to play that much. So that's a that's a a big one as far as I'm concerned. And uh, you, you know you mentioned uh, Barrett Root, Nicky Joseph. Um, I'd like to see them retained in some way. Uh, you're talking about Mickey and his desire to be a head coach. Uh, I understand that, and if he had the opportunity, I certainly would like to to see him get that kind of an opportunity. Um, but I'm biased. I'd like to have him be on board here um, still because of his ability as a recruiter and also what he accomplished in the short period of time that he was a coach, um, interim head coach. Um, I think that he created an attitude and a cohesiveness on that team that uh, showed that it would never quit. I thought that was positive. And I'm, you know, I'm biased about Barrett Root. We have Mike uh, Mike's, oh, there it is. It's Mike Babcock with us here on Hale Varsity Radios. We talk some Husker assistant coaches, and maybe we'll get around to a little bit of Husker basketball as they play Boston College tonight. But Babbers, I just want to get your take on what seems to be a, a youth movement among the, the coaches that Matt Rule has announced as uh, joining the staff here at Nebraska. Terrence Knight has never been a full-time position coach in college. Uh, Satterfield's another young offensive coordinator. And just generally down the list, you, you talk about the guys that are announced, and there's just a very strong theme of guys being young, a little bit unproven, but as Rule would say, they're hungry. Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, I think that if they share the kind of passion that uh, Rule 
the news conference. I think that's important. I think that probably younger coaches have an ability maybe to relate to players in, in a way that maybe older coaches wouldn't have. So I think that's that could be a positive. I'm, I'm just generalizing and, you know, how easy it is to be wrong about things like that. But I, I think that that's probably part of it is that uh, you get some young guys who are passionate, who want to get the job done, and, you know, they'll, they'll go to a, a, a great lengths to accomplish that. That's what you want. I, you know, we, we talked about Jake Beach. That's the kind of guy he probably is. You know, I'm, I'm making that assumption, but uh, to see what he's accomplished and where he's gone uh, makes me believe that the, he fits that. Mike, uh, a thought on on Trev and his execution here. I know we're a couple of days removed from Monday, but this search and and how, uh, well, stealth it was for not only Matt Rule and his family to see Lincoln on a game day, but but also uh, get the deal done uh, working with his agent, but also the Carolina Panthers. A monster investment financially, not only for the assistant pool, but the uh, the number with uh, with rule and how that continues to escalate up. Yeah, um, I think Trev did a great job. Obviously, I wouldn't have expected anything less from him. Um, I think that you know the, the amount of money that's involved here with the coach's salary and the and the money for the assistant coaches um, is a reflection of where Nebraska's program is. That's the kind of support that Nebraska has. The kind of money, you know, they're building that, what is it, $165 million uh, addition in there. Um, Alaska has the money to do the job. Um, the thing is, you need to identify the pieces that you want to spend it on. And I think Trev Alberts has, did his due diligence and uh, spent it on who he thinks is the person that's going to get the job done um, with uh, plenty of time on his contract and plenty of uh, money and incentives uh, uh, to get him there. Mike Husker Hoops uh, tip off tonight, Boston College. The uh, momentum and buzz not great for Nebraska. They're over 500. Gettable game tonight. Not a great time in Orlando, but anything you like so far uh, with this basketball team? And it's nice to have Walker back. Do you think they can keep building? Yeah, I think I think Walker is a key. You know, to have him back and to become more and more comfortable with him in the lineup because you got a lot of new guys again. Um, he's an important he, – his return was an important part of the puzzle that they're trying to put together. Um, it doesn't – right now, it, you know, there's not a lot of reason for optimism because of kind of what we've seen to this point. But like you said, they got a winning record. Uh, Derek Walker is back. Um, maybe there's an opportunity there for them to uh, get those pieces put together and uh, do something a little better than we've seen here of late. Mike Creighton looms on Sunday, and I, I guess my main take from that is we'll cross that bridge when we get there, and uh, let's focus on Boston College first. But you look at Creighton on Sunday, and there's been some some gettable games for Nebraska over the past oh, five years with Creighton, but this doesn't feel like one of those gettable games. Just with where this Husker basketball is at, uh, Husker basketball team is at in terms of the the Fred Hoiberg era and where Coach McDermott has led this Creighton basketball team to. 
Yeah, as far as that's concerned, Elijah, I agree with you. Let's focus on Boston College. <laughs> Let's get her down there first, and then and then we can worry about Creighton because that that is a good Creighton team. There's no question about that. I watched uh, some of the some of the Blue Jay games, and um, it's a very good Creighton team, and uh, it's going to present problems for Nebraska, but. Let's look at Boston College and see what happens there. Build some momentum, you know, get a couple couple wins in there, build some momentum going into that Creighton thing. That, that is going to be a real challenge. Well, I think Husker fans would be happy if you just don't get the floor washed with you. You know, if if, if, if you can remain competitive for the better part of 30 minutes against Creighton and maybe they pull away at the end, I think Husker fans will be satisfied with that. Agreed? Elijah wants a cover. That's that's what Elijah's angling <laughs> well, what's for. The, what's the, is the line going to be like 25? That, oh, that's I, the, I have no earthly idea. Seeing that line is going to scare me. Mike, how about this? Week two in Boulder, Matt Rule versus Deion Sanders. You good to hang out with Coach Prime again? It's been a long time since the Fiesta Bowl, brother. Yeah, boy, has it? You know, it. What with the changes – in the in the in the Big Ten too, in in the West, um, it's going to be an interesting uh, next season. A lot of people are going to coaches are going to be in positions where they need to prove some things, mm. and uh, Coach Rule's right in the midst of it. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's let's get her done. Let's let's see what happens. Well, we are we are taking you to Boulder, whether you like it or not. We are t- taking you to, <laughs> to 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 the old. Can buff we go early and see the Grateful Dead concert? Yes, done. We'll stick around. We'll just make a trip from Minneapolis and just beeline to uh, to Boulder. <laughs> yeah, we'll make it happen. Mike, appreciate you, bud. Thanks for jumping on with us. Thanks for having me, guys. There he is, Mike Babcock. Babbers gets it handled. Go see the dead, and then go see Nebraska. Well, I, I've been trying to like cross some things off my sports watching and just life bucket list. I think a Grateful Dead concert's on the bucket list. I'm not a huge Dead fan. I think it's a Grateful Dead show with Mike Babcock. Yes, that's uh, that, that, that's if, it. When you combine the two, that's now and, on the and, bucket and, list. And Babbers, and he'll he'll say, "Hey, Coach Rude, what are you doing?" Right? Go with go with Barrett and Babbers. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Those other things on my bucket list I've been looking at: Daytona 500 in February. I've always wanted to see a 500. Okay. And then, I, I mean, the, the far-off bucket list is the Super Bowl. but Well, it's in Arizona this year. A reminder, uh, if you like what you're hearing with Hale Varsity content, uh, subscribe. $10 off when you use the code GBR. Log on today, HaleVarsity.com. Backslash subscribe. Mike Schuhart's on the way. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. 25 minutes away, Evan Bland joins us, World Herald. We head to Wilderness Ridge, a little too gold for golf, but you know what? He can still help you with with your swing. Mike Shuhart, Wilderness Ridge Golf. We'll talk some ball with Shuey as well. Mike, good Thanksgiving. Thanks for the time, bud. Glad to be on. Absolutely. Good to have you on. What do you What do you think of all the, the new hires and uh, the new look Nebraska? incredible super excited you do sound like it you sound super super happy i'm very happy first time i've been excited for about 20 years (laughs) what are you excited the most about what do you like about rule he said one thing in his press conference that i was really excited about he said that he doesn't want to be just the coach at nebraska he wants his family to be basically part of the community. 
you know, he wants to come here. He wants to live here. He wants his family to embrace it. He wants the community to embrace him. So that was the thing that impressed me the most. You know, he's not one that says, leave my family alone. It's like, no, we come here to be part of this community. And we want to be part of that community. So it's, it's a true Nebraskan, in my opinion. That's the way we are. That's the way we view things. You know, it's a, it's a, it's just not somebody running a football team. It's, it's a culture. It's a, the whole community is involved, and he wants to embrace that. And I was very impressed with that. He also loves golf. Does he? Somebody yeah. asked me that the other day, and I said, I don't know if he plays golf or not. Yeah, he, he kind of referenced I could have been playing golf in, oh, yeah. in Charlotte or, you know, get back in it. And I would imagine he took his sticks with him to Ireland while he was getting a little bit of breather post-Carolina. Love it, man. So he's got an open invitation out here whenever he wants to come out and play. That's, that's awesome. That. Well, and well, he also said he doesn't own a pair of golf or a, a set of golf clubs. What? <laughs> yeah, he said he likes golf, but he doesn't own a, he doesn't own a set. Really? Yeah. Oh, I can hook him up with something. Yeah. So we can make that happen. Free invitation. Mike Shuhart will help you putt for dough and putt for dough. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Shuey, uh, let's let's get into uh, some of the, the 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 coaching stuff. And you've coached for a number of years, and and you understand the profession. You also understand the the professional side of things as well. Uh, not just coaching, but also being on the pro tour with uh, the, the business aspect and is as much excitement as there is for, for new and, and proven uh, under rule. There's also the, the fact that, that some guys won't be here coaching anymore. And that's, that's tough for, for families and tough for, for coaches, but guys understand that uh, getting into this profession, I would assume. Yeah. I mean, that's always the hardest part because you, you know, you put a lot of, time, energy, sweat and tears and into a place and try to put down roots and you never know. So it's, it's always having to try to make sure that it's understanding the business side of it and not the personal side of it, you know, but that's always hard. You're at a place for a long period of time doing what you do and doing what you love. And it's hard not to, to become kind of vested in that emotionally, personally in that, you know, and then all of a sudden you get let go and it, it feels like it's personal, but it's really not, man. It's just the business. I mean, it's, it's the bad part of the business, you know, kind of the, the bad side of it. But, you know, if you can just remember that it's business, this is part of the business side of what it is. Um, yeah, that helps a little bit if that's possible. Mike Shuart's with us. Shuey, let's uh, dive into a, a little bit of uh, recruiting, and I know you keep an eye on that. Is that something you're, I don't say weary, but there, there's a lot of folks coming in that, that have really impressive backgrounds. They're, they're pretty multiple in, in either what they've done administratively or where they've coached multiple spots and and that combination plus you factor in age young and hungry has kind of been our theme uh this first hour with uh, how they've been labeled and do you think nebraska can can do what nebraska used to do and that's uh project find guys to develop and then also go land some difference makers i think so i mean it sounds like it i mean listening to him in his press conference he was uh very impressive you know, and he's done it in the past. 
So, I mean, he'll command a room, no question. He'll command uh, an audience, you know, in front of recruits and in front of their families and stuff like that. So he'll be very uh, intriguing and motivational, I would think, you know. And obviously in, in what he's done in the past and where he's been, he has the ability to identify and, and develop. You know, and it, the other thing I like is he has a, a it, it looks like and sounds like he has a very definite plan of what he wants and what it takes to get there and who he looks for and how to go about doing that. You know, so, I mean, it's it's very encouraging to me, you know, and obviously the people that he's putting around him, they have incredible backgrounds where they came from, from college and NFL, you know, so that's always intriguing to to the players that you're trying to recruit because they're all trying to get to the NFL. So you got guys that are talking to them that have been where they want to go. So all that is, is very impressive. Mike, let's talk expectations for a second. And uh, I want to start off with first year one. Well, what do you expect or, or what do you want to expect from year one under Matt rule? And then in a long-term sense, how many years are you giving Matt rule to get this thing right? I get him as, I give him as long as he wants. You know, because again, he's uh, he's uh, he was very confident in how he talked about the process and what he wants to do. Not arrogant, mm-hmm. you know. He was just very confident about it, you know. So, and I look at it this way: it's like I look at what Mickey and Bush did in the latter part of the season, and how much better the team looked. I mean, their results weren't what they wanted, but their team looked better. And that was under those guys, made the team better. Now you have another staff that is even better than those guys, in my opinion. So it's like, uh, man, I, I, I think you can see some drastic improvements uh, quickly. So hopefully. Shuey, what's happening here at Wilderness here as we wind down? What's the... Uh... The reality here come uh, holiday season, the lights are always beautiful, but uh, the gift that keeps on giving, especially when it warms up, a membership. That's right. So this time of the year, it's always Mother Nature plays a big role. So we are uh, closed on those cold days, and then we get some nice days, so we open back up so our members can get back out there and play. Uh, They just turn the lights on, so that's always beautiful to come out and drive through the, the facility and see the lights on. So, and then all that Christmas, I mean, Christmas is right around the corner. So all that holiday stuff coming up. Chewy, where can folks go? Where can they log on to get more info? How do they see you about that old uh, tea box problem? Exactly. You can go to our website, willensridgegolf.com. Uh, has all the information on there you want, from membership information, from lesson information, um, anything on there. Uh, it'll have information. You can just contact us, and we can take care of just about any of your golfing needs, that's for sure. That sounds like a plan. Chewy, we'll talk next week. Always appreciate your insight, bud. You bet. Thanks for having me on. Stay safe. There he is, Mike Shuhart, Wilderness Ridge Golf. We love Chewy. We'll wind down Hour 1. Evan Bland on the way, and Hall of Fame coach Jeff Smith. Hale Varsity continues, presented by Currency. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you one final time. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Going to spend time with Evan Bland, Omaha World Herald, 
next segment uh, to get hour two kicked off. Then we'll take some time, get some hoops going. And, and I think you're, Nebraska needs to, to look good again tonight on TV. I know it's an ESPNU game, but Boston College is a power five. Get a, get a consecutive win against a power five. And, but, and to add to that, when you look at Boston College and their schedule this year, a fairly unimpressive five and two. Whenever you you look at it, the nuts and bolts they've they've had some scares against some teams that I mean I don't want to talk down against Boston College because Nebraska's had trouble with these same teams, but the, the kind of you know not even group of five FCS type teams that Boston College has played they have struggled with. They they have a, a couple losses this year which make you raise your eyebrows just a little bit. A very winnable game for Nebraska. And if they could take down uh, Florida State the other day, uh, it's it shouldn't be that much more of a tall order for Boston College, is what I'll say. And I hope I don't have to burn the tape on that. But they've lost to Tarleton State. Uh, they've lost to Maine. There's there's just some issues with this Boston College You don't lose to those teams if you're going to vie for postseason. I mean, they snuck past Cornell. They snuck past the College of Detroit. Uh, they did beat Wyoming. So that's uh, that's probably their best win of this season. But they snuck past Rhode Island too. And again, these are all teams that have a non given Lamar ne- Odom led Lamar uh, Rhode Island. But these are all teams that have given Nebraska trouble the past couple years. So I don't want to sit there and say like, man, this should be an easy win for Nebraska because with the way Nebraska basketball is playing, there's no such thing as an easy win. But this is a very very winnable game. Uh, Lauren chimes in. What about the D line coach from A and M? That is Elijah Robinson. Listen, he'd be a monster get. I have no doubt. That Some rumblings today I've heard, though, that it seems to be that that will not be happening. Because I think his number is 585. I mean, I think that's what he's making at A&M. He's one of their top recruiters. They have printed uh, defensive pass rush specialists, Miles Garrett specifically. But A&M's really good. And Jimbo's guaranteed, at least through next year. I mean, he's guaranteed, period. But A&M... Uh, didn't make a move this year. The, the timing may not be right. And as good as Robinson is, if things blow up down in Aggieland, he'll be able to go wherever he wants. I know there's a great connection, though, with him and Rule. Uh, you, you try, but I don't know what your budget looks like right now based on who's hired and what's left to, to fill and what's left in the pot of money. Well, with your with your 10 spots, you realistically, assuming you need a, both an offensive line coach and a wide receivers coach for your offense, it leaves you with a DC and a linebackers coach defensively. And the, the numbers, I'm not sure, adds up to add a second defensive line coach, and then you'd need to add a DC. I'm not sure you have that. So w- would it be a promotion to so your, DC your, for a guy who's never been a DC before? Because you already got pot roast. Yes. Is your DC going to handle linebackers and then get your, your pass rush edge guy? I mean, that's how I'd go. Give me an interior and, and an end, and give me an interior and a tackle slash tight end guy. Sure. That's what I, I mean, that's that's how I'd do it. But there has to be some, some double dipping where whoever gets your edge guys would probably also have to be your DC, but just based on numbers of that 10. Sure. Let's uh, spend a minute with your friends at Red Zone Tickets, selling fun since 2001. Have tickets you want to buy or sell to all types of events. How about Creighton Hoops? And, uh, of course, NFL action, Husker volleyball, concert theater seats, CWS. It's with Red Zone Tickets, redzonetickets.com. They are Omaha proud, a local source, and an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. Log on, get that bucket list item crossed off today with your friends at redzonetickets.com. Redzonetickets.com, hour two on the way. Your child has brain cancer. 
Can you imagine hearing those words about your own child? Nearly 5,000 families each year hear this life-changing diagnosis and live daily with the fear it brings. When a child is diagnosed with brain cancer, their lives are forever changed. The treatments used to treat children are toxic and cause damage to their developing bodies that can affect them for the rest of their lives. 95% of children who survive brain cancer will develop a significant health condition by the age of 45 as a direct result of the toxic treatments. This includes diagnosis of another cancer later in life or other countless deadly health problems. Our kids are special, and we need to treat them that way. By making a donation to the Team Jack Foundation, you fund research that leads to safer, more effective treatments, giving kids hope. You can be the difference. You can fund the cure. Join us and donate today by visiting teamjackfoundation.org. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it, it's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Evan Bland joins us from the Omaha World Herald. Talk some Nebraska football. Give uh, Evan a read, omaha.com for sure. And at Evan Bland, O-W-H. Follow him on Twitter. Evan, uh, more and more uh, new profile picks are going up uh, with this uh, assistant staff for Coach Rule. Uh, not long ago, uh, Ed Foley joined the mix. Ed Foley looks, and this is a compliment because I always enjoyed my driver's ed teachers, but he looks like your driver's ed or your PE teacher, man, and he's ready to rock and roll with special teams. <laughs> I loved my driver's ed teacher, too. I always remember he one thing he said me. was he, he told me at work he was going to grade my class hard because he felt like most of us would never be in that situation again. I'll never forget that, but um, yes, Ed Foley was the latest, and and wouldn't you know, like in today's modern age, you don't. Uh, it's not official unless you have a photoshopped version of a coach in a in a uniform or in a, a top that he's never worn before. So whoever whoever's doing those photoshopping uh, jobs are doing a pretty good job, actually. I think of of the coaches, but yeah, I mean, it's in a lot of ways, it's been a pretty quick staff assembly, right? Like you think about the fact that Nebraska names Matt Rule officially on Saturday and here we are on Wednesday and he essentially has half of his on-field staff assembled at this point. That's actually really quick work. I think it speaks to the urgency that they have to get on the road recruiting this weekend. Matt Rule mentioned that on Monday. Certainly the transfer portal opening on Monday. You want to have all hands on deck to be able to do what you do. But yeah, I mean, I think it continues this trend that we've seen that uh, Matt rule places a high value on having worked with, with coaches previously and knowing uh, how they work together and knowing that, that these new assistants will back his way of doing things. And it is a little bit different. So, um, you know, whether that means that the entire staff is going to be that way or, he retains somebody remains to be seen, but certainly 10 years as a head coach at multiple stops, um, Matt rules has built connections and acquaintances. And now we're starting to see those materialize here in Lincoln. 
And uh, Evan, I can actually tell you, we're, we'll get back to the point here in just a second, but you mentioned the whole jersey swap shirt swap thing. I got a friend who is a, a very good graphic designer, worked for the university for a bit. He works for the, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies now, and I got to sit next to him in a class one time. And instead of paying attention in class, he was doing one of the jersey swap things. And let me tell you what, it's like watching magic whenever they do those things. It's <laughs> phenomenal. But I, I want to get back to, to some of these assistant coaches that we're seeing the, the names pop up, and it seems to be very much a, a young wave of assistant coaches, young and unproven, and Matt Rule said that might be coming, but what do you make of just how young some of these guys are coming in and becoming assistant coaches? Yeah, that's a great point, and it's funny. I mean, I'm, I'm in my mid to late 30s. Most of these guys are kind of the same way, and it, it's interesting. I mean, you look at some of their uh, their paths to this point. A lot of them coached maybe at some smaller schools, maybe that was a temple, maybe they got their first sort of big break at Carolina when Matt Rule uh, was hired on there a couple of years ago. But it's guys who, and, and I've gone back and, and listened to a lot of them do various interviews at some of their other stops, they're fairly dynamic people. They think outside the box. Um, you know, the, the running backs coach, E.J. Barthel, had a really good um, sort of line of thinking about how he, he dims the lights in his meeting room and he texts a PDF to his players ahead of time, sort of like the minutes of the, the meeting, almost like a, you know, like a, a, a city hall meeting or something like that to where, uh, you know, guys just kind of want to know what to expect. And he encourages them to write notes on their phone as opposed to maybe the way that he did it back in the day, which was pen and paper. And so, uh, I think that's part of it. I think there's it, it, it takes a certain energy to get out on the recruiting trail and, and to find the guys that you want to find. You look at the classes that Matt Mountrell's staffs have had at his previous stops, and they've not just been sort of regional. I mean, they have gone out and found guys from greater distances too. And as we know, at Nebraska, you can't get in your car and, and drive around and fill your roster based on guys that are – you know, a few hours away, like you can in other parts of the country. So it's a different approach, I think, than we've seen a little bit. Um, I will say, having looked at some of Matt Rule's history with his staffs, he has often had an eye for finding young coaches in, in sort of the way that we talk about identifying recruits. He's had that um, with some different staffers on, on the coaching side, too. So we'll see if some of the, how, how some of these young guys pan out. You know, another name that a lot of people have been watching uh, Elijah Robinson from Texas A&M was a guy who uh, worked with Matt Rule at Temple, and and now he's at, at A&M as one of the highest paid position coaches in the country. So like there are some success stories on that side too. Um, you know, obviously you want a little bit of experience as well as uh, to mix in with some of these young dynamic guys. But there's no doubt that he places a lot of value. Matt Rule does on on men who are like minded and who are going to go out and execute the vision that he sets. Evan Bland with us, Sale Varsity Radio. Evan with the Omaha World Herald. You mentioned Barthel, and when when his name came up, and you look at what UConn did running the football, thirty second in the country, and and kind of the road traveled by by the new running backs coach. I, I dug in a little deeper and was pretty fascinated. And and all these guys seem to have some sort of administrative background so far, at least, the you know, of the staff that's been named, not all, but but most. And, and Barthel, with, with his time as recruiting coordinator, and I was wondering, well, how does he go from, from being at Penn State for a season to a lower level? And then I found out he had a, a position at Baylor just end up falling through. He's supposed to join Rule down in, in Baylor. 
and uh, that didn't work out. But, uh, I mean, James Franklin has been right there a lot of years in recruiting, and, and for Barthel to, to have that under Franklin uh, in the Big Ten, also being at, at, at Rutgers for a, for a time, there's one of your Big Ten hires. Is, is Barthel a name that – and, and resume that impresses you. Do you think he can bring what uh, what he's been able to do to Lincoln? That seems like it. Uh, again, I mean, he's he strikes me as a guy who's well spoken, who has uh, you know a certain vision about how he wants to do things. Another little anecdote that he told that I thought was interesting that he got from Matt Rule was his position group every day would show little video clips. They call them the uh, the lion and the sheep tape, and so they would show. Uh, clips of, of their own players making winning plays uh, that took maybe extra effort and then losing plays where guys maybe loafed a little bit. And, and he said, man, that, that set a culture where uh, guys, the players just sort of subconsciously, they became afraid that they didn't want to be on that sheep tape. And so that just sort of set the standard. Um, and that was something that he took with him uh, to those different stops. I think you'll probably see that show up at Nebraska too. But to your larger point, I mean, it is true. You look around at some of the backgrounds of these guys. They've been directors of player personnel or on-campus recruiting. You know, Terrence Knighton, the, who's coming in as a defensive line coach, was an NFL player. You know, most people know him because of his nickname, Pot Roast, when he was with the Denver Broncos and elsewhere just a handful of years ago. So uh, these are guys who have, even though they have Matt Rule connections, they do come from varying backgrounds some of them were players at high levels some of them weren't um but you know again it, it, there's there's value for matt rule in bringing in guys that he knows as opposed to hey let's sort through some resumes let's open this thing up let's uh do an interview or two and get to know you i mean no he he knows who he wants we all know that time is of the essence in a lot of ways as they're looking to build this thing. Not that you want to rush the process uh, in the name of a few recruits, but I think it just shows there's a conviction for, again, the vision that Matt Rule has for this thing. He knows uh, his group of guys that he wants to bring in, and, and we're already starting to see it happen. Evan, a thought, who who could be that 500-mile radius guy that's going to win for Nebraska, that has won for Nebraska is there a guy that's on on the former staff that would fit that well? It just seems like you better have a connection in-state to keep the in-state locked down, but also be able to hit Kansas City, Missouri, Iowa, and, uh, of course, Colorado. That, that, that circle that T.O. drew out many, many years ago, you need to, to tap uh, closer to home. Right. I mean, there are... There are a lot of names that you could go with there. I mean, certainly uh, we talk about Mickey Joseph. He's somebody who has has really built some strong in-state inroads, especially in Omaha, where Nebraska has struggled to to really get those relationships going. You know, Barrett Rood, who's we don't really officially know what his future holds. He he has been the in-state guy for Nebraska. Um, you know, the, the the reports of Jake Peets coming in. He's a an in-state. Uh, native, right? Like he's from around here. He he would probably have a a decent handle on things. Um, so I think those are some names that you throw out there initially. And then you look at what we don't know about the staff. One, we don't know who the defensive coordinator is going to be. And when you look at Matt Rule's track record, that's been Phil Snow at his other stops. But Phil Snow, uh, you know, I, I 
talked to some folks who know him um, through the years. He was a guy who, even when they were at Temple in 2015, 2016, uh, he was telling people at the time he was thinking about retiring. I mean, he's he's in his now he's in his late 60s, I believe. And so you wonder if he just wants to start a fresh adventure in a new place or if he's ready to to maybe retire and move on to that next step. So I think that's one big area that's interesting. And then, you know, offensive line would be the other one. When you look at, again, Matt Rule's track record in the last 10 years, I think he's had like five or six offensive line coaches. So while there were a lot of obvious names that you can point to that he would add to his staff, and he has done that with many of these guys, I don't think that you can do that as much with the offensive line. And and as we know, you know, the Midwest tends to produce – a lot of you know big-bodied blockers, especially on the offensive line, and so it seems to me that if you can go out and find somebody who is a Big Ten guy who's familiar with the area, that might be a position too that would make sense uh, to bring someone on with that kind of background. Now, do you think that Ryola could be coming back along the offensive line, Evan? I saw an offer went out last night uh, to a previously offered uh, rec- offensive line recruit, and he included Donovan Ryola in the tweet announcing that he had been reoffered. Is that a case of not knowing who the offensive line coach is, so you're going to include the guy who was previously recruiting you, or, or is there a chance that Ryola could return as the offensive line coach, based on what you're hearing? Well, I mean, I don't want to read too much into the you know the tweets of a of a high school kid who's excited <laughs> to get an offer. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know if if that was sort of authorized uh, or or sent with Donovan Rayola in the mix, or if that was his previous contact, whatever else it might be. Um, I think just knowing again what we know about Matt Rule, that would surprise me if Donovan Rayola were to stick around. This was still his first year as a major college coach, um, you know, the, the, the position and the struggles of the offensive line are pretty well documented this year. So, you know, maybe maybe on the flip side, that inexperience could, you could argue, could play to his favor as somebody who's a little bit more um, moldable in terms of, of the vision that Rule wants to set. So um, we haven't heard anything on that front one way or the other, um, but I would be surprised, again, I would say, if, if it ends up being Donovan Rayola. Shocked at all, a uh, couple of names that you hear former Huskers and former Husker coaches talk about. Uh, of course, Mickey Joseph, is he in the running for a head coaching job? Uh, likely, is he uh, going to be welcomed back to, to Lincoln uh, with, a, with a spot on this staff? We, we don't know uh, how communication's gone with Rule and Mickey, so that's that's one shoe, and the other shoe did drop, and that's Bill Bush. And Bill Bush has been in the Big Ten. Bill Bush has recruited some of the best uh, NFL draft picks there are and some of the best players to come through a lot of doors, and and, and he was not retained. Uh, I, I understand Rule going with his own guys. I totally get that, but I, I thought there was maybe an outside shot that, that Bush may have been retained, and we're still still waiting on Mickey. Yeah, it's it's a tough time, right? Like you understand it sort of from the thirty thousand foot view, where you know this program has gone three and nine and four and eight the last two years, and so you can argue that there should be fresh faces in here and, and doing what they do. But when you interact with some of these guys uh, the way that I do, and, and you see these guys too schmitty all the time, um, it is it's a little tough because you know that Bill Bush is a Husker through and through. I mean, he he'll, he'll tell you stories about his GA days in the early 90s, and and clearly this year it meant a ton to him to be able to come back and uh, first coordinate special teams and then do what he did 
defensively. I mean, he, he does. He cares. There's an energy about him. And I think it's worth sort of just remembering and reminding that even though a lot of these other coaches, too, are not being retained, it doesn't mean they're not great coaches, great people. Um, you know, Sean Becton at tight ends, who who had, I thought, great success over the years with Austin Allen and what they did with Travis Volkolek and landing Thomas Fedoni. Um, you know, that's a guy who I think I'll miss. And, and, and Travis Fisher, too, uh, if indeed he's not around and it looks like that's the case. I mean, that's a guy who could have left for SEC jobs a couple of years ago, who has a young family here. So you feel for these guys on a personal level. You, you get to know them. Um, they, they did a good job in certain ways. But uh, at the end of the day, as they, as they often say, it's, it's a business. And Matt Rule's not being shy about saying, you know, he believes the guys that he can bring in are going to do a better job and help Nebraska win games. And um, he's executing that now. Evan Bland with us here, Omaha World, Herald, Hale Varsity Radio. And uh, be sure to uh, log on and uh, read EvanOmaha.com. And, of course, uh, find him on Twitter at Evan Bland, O-W-H. Evan, we'll uh, keep following you and keep our ear to the ground as well and see how things shake out as this staff rounds into completion. Thanks for a few minutes today. Thanks, guys. Good stuff from Evan Bland at Tail Bar City Radio. Uh, we uh, need to reset and reschedule our interview with Jeff Smith. Some news on Mickey Joseph. That's on the way with Hail Varsity. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hail Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hail Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for 10 dollars off a full year of hail varsity that's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code gbr and now and now back to hail varsity radio back with you it's hail varsity radio we're presented by currency for all your equipment financing needs go currency jock doc coming up shortly on Aaron Rodgers, uh, we will reschedule our interview with Coach Jeff Smith. But uh, news on former Nebraska interim coach Mickey Joseph. And let's set the, the scene here with some things we've been hearing and we've been able to piece together. Elijah, you have some information here on Mickey with... Uh, a, a police call, correct? Yeah, it sounds like police were called to Mickey Joseph's home today just before 2 p.m. Uh, on what was a, a domestic violence call. And uh, you are now receiving what sounds like confirmation that he was taken into custody? Yes, uh, Mickey Joseph in custody in uh, Lancaster County Corrections. Uh, Lincoln Police will be putting out a press release uh, in a bit, about an hour or so, but that's the the latest news we have. Mm-hmm. That that's, I mean, as live as it gets, I, I don't want to try to read in between the lines too much. I don't want to go further than what we can confirm. Um, but these are all things that I can pretty much confirm that uh, police were in fact called to the home of Mickey Joseph earlier today. Would have been just before two. Uh, I'm seeing that the call came in at 1:47 p.m. Lincoln police obviously have not uh, released an official statement regarding this situation. Uh, but this is what we are hearing at this time, and uh, 
Schmidt and I are hearing this through a, a couple different sources, all coming back to the same uh, thing, which is that Mickey Joseph was arrested earlier today under suspicion of domestic violence. It's uh, 527 here on ESPN Lincoln, Hale Varsity Radio, and uh, just shocking news. And you want to get, uh, get the information out. You have uh, a guy in Mickey Joseph that is uh, somebody that has, uh, has been up for uh, a, a, a job an interview, uh, and, and now this is out, but, but more information coming uh, with uh, a statement here from uh, Lincoln Police Department here, uh, a press release coming out. And just, you want to know all what went on. We, we, we don't want to try to read in between the lines here, so I don't want to say anything that may end up not being true. I just want to report what I have, uh, what has been confirmed to me as being true. And that's what I can report. I cannot confirm anything else. I just know that as of 1.47 p.m. today, police were called to the home of Mickey Joseph in South Lincoln. And uh, he was eventually taken into custody. There's other rumors out there going along with it, but I'm not going to go touch those one bit. I'm not going to touch them with a 10-foot pole. Uh, We are awaiting the official statement from Lincoln police. But uh, as far as we know, at this current moment, Mickey Joseph uh, has been uh, arrested and lodged in the Lancaster, or I shouldn't say lodged in the Lancaster County Jail, but arrested and booked in the Lancaster County Jail. Got to be careful with my words here. I don't want to say anything that is not truth. And uh, you, in order to be lodged within the Lancaster County Jail, you'd have to spend a night over, uh, or you spend, have to spend a night within the Lancaster mm-hmm. County Jail. That has not happened yet because uh, this only happened earlier today. And uh, just sounds like a, an awful situation all around. And one that I think has caught Husker fans blindsided. Mm, absolutely. Uh, that is uh, the latest we have, and we'll uh, for sure pass along what is put out by the Lincoln Police Department uh, with a statement. I was just in the the, the KFOR newsroom down the hall. Uh, Charlie Brogan uh, reached out to uh, Lincoln Police, and uh, they just said a, a, a press release will be uh, issued here within the hour. On, on what's going on. But just to reiterate, uh, if you're just catching us here, uh, don't like sharing this news, don't like delivering this news, but uh, the facts are this. You had police called to Mickey's home just before 2 p.m., and you have uh, Mickey Joseph uh, in custody right now uh, with Lancaster County Corrections. That is what we know. Uh, just to reset and reiterate, and uh, we'll have more for you uh, when the police issue their statement. As you said, that is what we know, and I mean, there's a lot of different places you could go with this in terms of what this means for Mickey, and I'm not quite sure we know what this means for Mickey at the current point in time because uh, all the facts have not yet come to light, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm, I'm sure there will be a lot of facts that come to light here, not only over the next hour, but over the next couple of days, um, but it, it's just disappointing. It's that, that's the best way to put it right now. Based on what you saw from Mickey Joseph throughout the year as Nebraska's interim head coach, seemed like a leader of men, seemed like a guy um, with with a strong moral standing, and was able to 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 uh, pass that along to to the kids that he coached. They they played well for Mickey. It felt like he had a uh, a strong moral compass for the team. Mm-hmm. And whenever you, you see a guy who seems like he has a strong moral compass uh, placed under arrest, it is just. I don't want to say hard to fathom, but it is just, it it catches you by surprise. Yes, it does. 
Yes, it does. We have spent uh, plenty of time with the coaching openings and the filling out the staff. Uh, I'm getting a, a text from Junior right now. My son, what's going on? What's happening? And uh, if you're listening, Junior, I will tell you over dinner. But um, that's uh, what we have. We, we started off the show talking about some names, uh, some coaches that were on the, the past staff that, that may or may not be retained. Mickey's been a topic of conversation with his future at Nebraska. Mickey's been a topic of conversation with uh, where his future is. Is it in Lincoln? Is it somewhere else? And uh, the statement out here from Lincoln Police, this is from uh, Sarah Feely at KETV up in Omaha. Uh, per Lincoln Police, Robert Mickey Joseph, age 54 of Lincoln, uh, had police called to his home where he was arrested at a separate location for strangulation and third-degree domestic assault. He has been lodged in the Lancaster County Jail, so it's expected that he will spend a night there. No bail to be posted mm-hmm. just yet for Mickey Joseph. And wh- whenever you've been waiting days for, for news revolving Mickey Joseph, I don't think anyone expected this to be the news surrounding Mickey Joseph. This is just an absolute shocker. Mm. Absolute, absolute shocker. I mean, from how well-respected he was with his kids, his peers, um, everyone you talk to speaks of how upstanding Mickey Joseph is, not only as a, a football mind and a football coach, but as a man. Mm. And, and this is just out of left field, completely, it, it's completely bonkers. It, oh. it's, it's tough to wrap your head around. It, it absolutely is is tough, and you look at and listen. Um, this situation is is just flat out sad, okay? Um, and you have a, a situation as uh, KETV posting uh, the mugshot here, uh, just to reiterate uh, with with what KETV has posted, Sarah Feely. Uh, you have. Uh, Mickey arrested at a separate location and the strangulation listed here, third degree domestic assault and just to reiterate, lodged in Lancaster County Jail. Not to repeat, but you may have some folks tuning in because right now people are wondering what's going on. And you go from 24 hours ago Mm -hmm. to a meeting about Nebraska, you have a potential interview, as we're talking yesterday with a couple of different writers, and those writers, uh, along with us, are, hey, um, he could end up at, at at another spot. Now you have a mugshot posted, and you have uh, this statement from Lincoln Police. So, uh, sad. And I, I do also want to make one thing clear that uh, it's almost the innocent till proven guilty thing. I, I, yes. don't, I don't think that uh, you want to try him on the court of public opinion. And right now, the, the court of public opinion is bad. He's been arrested on suspicion mm-hmm. of strangulation and third degree domestic assault. But um, it's, it's hard to put into words what I'm, I'm feeling right now. It just does not seem to line up with everything that we have heard and what we know about Mickey Joseph and mm-hmm. our, our interactions with Mickey Joseph. It, it just does not line up with what you expect from a man of, of that, at least what we've heard by all accounts, upstanding character. And um, 
comes as a shocker, but I can read the full police uh, dispatch for you. Just got it as well. On Wednesday, November 30th, 2022, at 1.54 p.m., officers were dispatched to a residence near South 34th and Treeline Drive on a domestic disturbance. Upon concluding the investigation, uh, Robert Mickey Joseph, age 54, of Lincoln, was arrested at a separate location for strangulation and third-degree domestic assault. He has been lodged in the Lancaster County Jail. Statement from Trev Alberts just came down, uh, sent out to us here. Uh, and uh, the following statement here from Athletic Director Trev Alberts, quote, I was made aware of the charges against Coach Joseph and given the nature of the allegations and based on university policy, he has been placed on administrative leave. We'll have no additional comment at this time, end quote. So Mickey Joseph is on administrative administrative leave right now, uh, per Trev Alberts, and that's where things stand. So crazy twenty four hours, and uh, you feel sad about this whole situation. And while you could dive into what this means for Mickey, what this means for the football program, I want to first just say the the, the thoughts and prayers of at least myself, and I'll probably say Hale Varsity Radio as a whole, are with the Joseph family at this mm-hmm. time. Um, this, the, the public nature of the job makes this a very complicated and, and delicate situation mm-hmm. for Mickey and um, and for his, his family as well. This is just heartbreaking all around. I've said that a couple times here during this segment, but it's it's just an absolutely heartbreaking story. And I guess the, the first place your mind goes is, I hope it's not true. Yeah, absolutely. I hope you, it's you not hope true. It, you hope it's not true. Um, you hope that that Mickey is uh, exonerated throughout a police investigation. But right now, the the, the facts of the case are just sad, hard to read at times. Mm, very much so. Uh, can send an email in, chris at hailvarsity.com. Uh, reminder, with your friends with the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office, uh, the time is now to uh, get buckled up. And a reminder to, uh, to get that ride share and uh, don't get behind the wheel. You drink, you drive, you lose. One out of every three fatal crashes in Nebraska involves an alcohol-impaired driver. Why take chances? If you drink, don't drive. And uh, this message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Uh, Switching gears and topics as we'll sit down with our friends at Nebraska Orthopedic Center, uh, Dr. Brandon Seifert. We will get the latest on Aaron Rodgers, his rib injury, as we always do. A great segment that's been going on for over uh, 15 years uh, here in this time slot with the Nebraska Orthopedic Center at Jock Doc Wednesday. And we'll wrap up the show with any more news and additional information on Mickey Joseph's arrest. Hail Varsity continues. We're presented by Currency. in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut pre-teen Swedish boy. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio. Time for a Jock Doc Wednesday. Nebraska Orthopedic Center, Dr. Brandon Seifert with us. Dr. Brandon, how we doing? 
Hey, I'm doing great, buddy. How are you guys post-Thanksgiving? We're, good we're, eats last week? We had good eats and a coaching change and announcement, so we're... Uh, we got our caffeine drip going on on red alert still, but uh, Green Bay fans, there's not enough uh, uh, old Milwaukee or Miller Light in the world, or uh, cheese curds, right, to help them get through this season. And uh, a little more injury to talk about here with the insult, and that is Aaron Rodgers uh, battling a rib injury uh, is going to try and give it a go against the Bears. But let's talk about just the the danger of a rib injury with the with any player but specifically quarterback and and how you you try and navigate that if a guy's trying to to give it a go playing hurt yeah absolutely and so you know the first thing with those folks is taking them down that kind of workup protocol so obviously you think about most common way you're going to get this is either a obviously that direct hit from you know, big linebacker or more often than not, it happens when you get hit and you go down and you kind of get slammed down onto the turf and the ground and that player lands on top of you. And so as you take them down that uh, pathway of kind of a workup, so there's some important things obviously to rule out in terms of, do we need to do more here? Can we just treat this not up? When can they go back to play? You know, the first thing is you want to rule out, and they talk about this with Aaron Rodgers is, did he have a collapsed lung? And, you know, essentially, you know, what, what does a collapsed lung mean? Obviously, that term is out there a lot. Essentially, what it does happen is, is so the, the lung tissue itself adheres to kind of the chest wall. Um, and what can happen with a collapsed lung is you start to loosen that adherence, and so you'll start to have part of that lung literally, lung literally collapse, starting usually at the top, and just kind of fold down on itself and obviously loses the ability to inflate and fill up with air and gives us the ability to breathe. Um, and so that's the first thing you really want to rule out. Um, fortunately, not a very common thing to have happen, especially in sports, but it does happen, um, especially some of these violent hits. You have to be careful with that. And so that typically is an X-ray. Most of the time you'll see it on an X-ray. Um, if it's more subtle, then you have to do something like a CT scan to look at that further CT of the chest. And then if that's normal, looks okay, then obviously the next phase is looking for, you know, a rib fracture. Um, that, that's more for kind of thinking about, you know, long-term prognosis, how quickly can we get you back, once you kind of get into the fracture zone, things obviously just hurt a lot more. Um, and then, you know, the third thing would just be making sure, obviously, from a respiratory standpoint, you can breathe well and move well. And those are kind of the phases you kind of are the diagnostic pathway you want to walk down with these folks when this first happens. Dr. Brandon Seifert with us, Nebraska Orthopedic Center, a jock doc Wednesday, Aaron Rodgers, his rib injury. Dr. Brandon, you laid out the possibility of, of a collapsed lung when you have a rib injury, but your ribs are around a lot of other pretty vital organs as well. You get You get the wrong rib injury, it can really do some damage internally, aside from the lung you talked about. No, absolutely, Chris. Yeah, that's a good point to bring up. Is you know, think about other types of you know, intra-abdominal, inter-chest wall trauma. Obviously, there's cardiac things that can happen. Fortunately, extremely rare uh, in contact sports, uh, but more so, you know, whether it's an injury to a spleen, injury to a liver, injury to a kidney, uh, those kinds of things. When somebody takes that kind of violent chest wall impact, those are also things that you want to look at. Um, and there's some obviously some telltale signs that will present themselves as somebody is is in that pathway. Dr. Brandon Seifert's with us here. It's a Jock Doc Wednesday here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Dr. Brandon, whenever you, you look at the quarterback position with this rib injury, is this a, a position that might be easier to play through this pain? Because I think back to Peyton Manning with the Broncos. If there was a free rusher coming at him, Peyton Manning did not take that hit. Peyton Manning just took a knee in the pocket and you know gave up on the play. And then if he ever 
God forbid, tried to scramble on a play. He'd go two yards and then slide to the ground. It just seems like a position where you can really protect yourself if you're an experienced veteran NFL quarterback. Do you think there, there's a chance that we could be seeing some of that should Aaron Rodgers play against the Bears this weekend? Yeah, you sure could. Yeah, if he's, you know, obviously from his perspective, an athletic trainer's perspective, that's what you want to do. You want to protect yourself as much as you can from these hits. That's what's going to obviously bother him the most. And so, yeah, I think so. As a quarterback, that's probably the position where you can protect yourself the most. Um, from this, but also, you know, somebody comes in fast enough, you could also really get blown up as well. Um, but I think that's reasonable, and I think, you know, this weekend it potentially is a go for him. I think he's going to try to push hard to do that. Uh, the hard part with these is, you know, obviously there's the pain issue of it. If you get hit again there, that's lots of pain. If you get hit again there, that's kind of a second hit trauma to the area, higher risk of, you know, having a collapsed lung, fractured rib. Um, and then the third thing is just, yeah, the mobility piece of this is you think about how you use – you know, some of the chest wall, the intradominal muscles to kind of rotate and throw. That's going to hurt some and it'd be bothersome some. You might have a little zip that comes off the ball because you're not able to kind of rotate as well. And mm-hmm. so that's another piece that you worry about. And, of course, just the mobility piece in general, being able to run and, and be mobile when your ribs do not feel well. All those things play, play a factor in this for sure. Dr. Brennan, is, is ayahuasca a viable at-home treatment for a rib wow. injury? <laughs> I don't have any great. I don't have a great comment on that one. <laughs> I think the data's out on that. <laughs> no, no comment. Uh, good work, Doctor Brandon. Uh, but as far as numbing the pain, what are some options uh, for for the Green Bay medical staff and and for Aaron? I mean, can is that an area you can shoot up and numb, or is it more? Is it more simple where it's Advil and ice? Well, if, if Tyrod Taylor's any indication, then no, you probably don't want to shoot that area up. Not well. You need someone with, with not my hands shake. <laughs> <laughs> you need steady hands is, so that is what we're saying. Yeah, you sure can. You know, that would be an option. Uh, depends on, obviously, the size of the area, um, how much of that kind of widespread uh, impact you're going to have with the injection. But you sure could. Um, in fact, I'm sure that's something they've already talked about and i would assume that'll be probably in their playbook for him if he's going to try to go this weekend do you give him a pitch count throwing the ball of all people yeah that's a tough call on that one <laughs> i mean it really it is i mean they've, they've been better when they've leaned on more of a run game but he's still about as good as it gets with his mobility and his arm angles and just he's a great Great quarterback. I mean, that's how you're going to uh, – although he owns the Bears, we all get that. Uh, he uh, mm-hmm. He's still going to need to score some points on, on Sunday. I know. You know, that's that's the hard part exactly to, to your point about do you kind of have a really pre-scripted play plan for him um, just to try to protect him more. I mean, that, that does limit him and their abilities, especially with how they've played this year. They're going to need a pretty, uh, pretty good game out of him. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think you you know try to do as much as you can to protect him this weekend, and then maybe you kind of turn him more loose that following week when he feels a little bit better. So I think you're still pretty cautious with him this weekend. Yeah. Dr. Brandon, is is Aaron Rodgers' age factored in here in recovery time and, and how long this could be nagging him? And he's, he's no spring chicken anymore. He's not Tom Brady either. But does the age play a factor in the recovery time? You know, maybe a little bit here. I think you know, the, probably the biggest thing for him is you think about all the shots he's taken throughout his entire career. You know, this is probably a gentleman that already has a lot of scar tissue and previous trauma to his chest as well. And so that probably plays a role in maybe slowing his recovery a little bit. Um, and so that's probably a little bit of a factor. 
Dr. Brandon will do this again. Enjoy your weekend. Stay warm, and thanks for giving us a few minutes on another Jock Doc. Okay, fellas, you take care. Appreciate you. We'll wind down a Wednesday show uh, and uh, a little bit more information on Mickey Joseph and uh, the statement from LPD Hale Varsity continues. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final day time, and, and this uh, show's taken a turn with the news of Mickey Joseph and... Uh, he is on administrative leave. Just to reset for you, if you're just joining us or checking in or wondering what the heck's going on, you have uh, Mickey Joseph. Let's uh, reset the statement here from the Lincoln Police Department. And on Wednesday, November 30th, 154 officers were dispatched to a residence near South 34th in Lincoln on a domestic disturbance. Upon concluding the investigation, Robert Mickey Joseph, age 54, a Lincoln, arrested at a separate location for strangulation and third-degree domestic assault. He was lodged into Lancaster County Jail. While the the Lincoln Police Department does not normally provide a news release for a domestic-related arrest due to the high-profile nature of the person involved and in an effort to provide transparency on an arrest involving a public figure, notification of the arrest is, has been made. To protect the victim in the case, in compliance with the Nebraska state law, additional information, including the identity of the victim and any injuries, will not be released. So that is word for word from the Lincoln Police Department. You have a statement from Trev Alberts to reset that. I was made aware of the charges against Coach Joseph, and given the nature of the allegations and based on the university policy, he has been placed on administrative leave. We have no additional comment at this time. Uh, This news came down right around 5.20 tonight. There was some murmuring around 4.30 where we we got some information. Mm -hmm. We... We, Elijah's a whiz with investigation uh, and put some facts together, reached out to a couple of sources and then uh, moved forward with this report. No joy in doing so at all. And uh, then you have the, the police releasing their statement. We'll have more tomorrow on uh, this situation and there's going to be a police news briefing tomorrow morning at 9 a.m um uh, i used to go attend those back in my days as uh, an intern around here so uh, i'm curious to hear what the uh, the police will have to say if there will be any elaboration on their statement i assume not based on the nature of the crime uh, the alleged crime i should mm-hmm. say i'd assume that there won't be much more than what they've said in the uh, the press release tonight but uh, we'll be uh, tuned in tomorrow morning at nine to see what the uh, the Lincoln police have to say about this because this is big, big news. You're it's just shocking. You're a man that has led a team in a difficult situation, 
you have worked your tail off for a number of years as a coach, and you have the opportunity to have uh, a, a head coaching job permanently, potentially somewhere, and it could be gone. Again, this is all alleged, but it could be gone in one afternoon. Mm-hmm. Sad. Sad all around. Back tomorrow at 4. Hail Varsity is presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. A Huda Media Production.